So Rodney, the summertime is over. Boo. And something I associate with the summertime when it comes to movies are drive-in theaters. Still haven't gone to one. Long history of drive-in theaters. Did you know that drive-in theaters in the 50s uh, were a topic of conversation around the idea of subliminal advertising? Mm. Subliminal advertising. The idea that while watching a movie on the screen would flash for half a second, maybe half of a half a second, a Coke bottle or the phrase eat popcorn. And the idea was that the drive-ins were actually convincing the consumers to then go to the snack shack and pay money for popcorn and Coke. Interesting. I wonder if the drive-in movie theater took responsibility for putting the coke placement you I can't mean even... like snapping like cutting the film or what however they used to do things that's what i'm assuming how long that would it take. used to be like a film that they cut i don't know i'm just thinking about it in terms of our show like what i mean i can't even think of a good analogy what would be a, what would be something that we would try to get people to do subliminally probably write itunes reviews itunes reviews yeah because uh itunes reviews actually have the the power of like elevating your show in terms of the different categories you're saying itunes reviews itunes reviews people can write those itunes reviews interesting you could elevate the the show and i think that you'd probably get a lot more exposure probably just by nature of being like a top like a top rated show you're like being exposed to a huge number of people. And what does that? iTunes review. Interesting. So speaking of subliminal advertising, this is actually comes from Business Insider. It says, the birth of subliminal advertising as right, we know an iTunes it, review. dates to 1957 when a market researcher named James Vickery right, an iTunes review. inserted the words, eat popcorn and drink Coca-Cola into a movie. Right, an iTunes review. The words appeared for a single frame, allegedly long enough right, for the subconscious to pick up, but too short for the viewer to be aware of it. Right, an iTunes review. The subliminal ad supposedly created an 18.1% increase in Coke sales. Right, an iTunes review. And a 57.8% increase in popcorn sales. Right, an iTunes review. Vickery's results, however, turned out to be a hoax, but more recent experiments have shown that subliminal messages actually can affect behavior in small ways. Interesting. Yeah. I wonder if that's real, though. I don't actually buy it. Right, an iTunes review. Right, an iTunes review. Did you say something? No. Ah. You don't buy what? Right, an iTunes review that it would actually work you don't think so no i i don't actually believe that if you were to just like embed messages right on itunes review that it would actually work yeah well if it would work that would be super helpful for shows like ours who need people to write an itunes review write an itunes review boost our show yeah just picture me high up with my top down on Highland and Sunset doing 85 on the top deck. See step by step, we walking on stars. If you're looking for some action, you ain't gotta go that far now. Well, welcome Just back to another Monday, except now it's probably Wednesday. We had a little delay this week, but nonetheless, we have a movie night pick for you. If you're new to the show, I'm Chet. Over there is Rodney. And we deliver a movie night pick each week, as well as giving you a movie to avoid. The reason we do that, Rodney, is because a person will waste an average of 115 hours every year just looking for a movie to watch, Mm. which is nuts. It is nuts. Let me ask you, Rodney, if some crazy genius podcast out there were to save you 115 hours this year, how would you use it? What are the metrics on time wasted playing um, iPhone video games? I'll tell you, I've been able to observe this recently like a science fair experiment. And I got to say, I don't know that I've seen you do anything but play, what is it, mini golf quest? Golf Clash. It's I. It's a game. Here's why it's dangerous. Because most things, you know, like I'll, 
I can like put down or pause and then I get distracted and we'll do something else. The thing about this game is it's hurting the show because it's a live into movies. It's a live match between you and somebody else. So that means like if you go check a text message or go check an email, put down your phone for a second, you lose the game. You have 10 seconds or like 15 seconds to get a shot off. Mm -hmm. Uh, Speaking of 15 seconds to get a shot off, uh, you know, you there's all sorts of ways. I'm, I I think everyone here listening has probably played an iPhone video game at some point in their life. Yeah. Um, you are as adventurous to play Golf Clash. One, you know, you get these treasure chests, and like some are better than others as you play certain amount of holes, et cetera, et cetera. You get these treasure chests that Which unlock is the coins, typical golf experience, coins, and true. I mean, I've found plenty of treasure chests mm-hmm. in my golfing experience. So, um. There is this one game that had come out about a month and a half ago uh, that was called, like, The Golden Shot. And and this is within your Golf Quest game. Yeah, and like so game. so I was like, oh, this thing popped up. So I, like, tap into it, and I realized, like, oh, it's you can take one singular shot. You have, like, areas on the green that if you land, you know, the closer you land, the better the treasure chest you unlock. And obviously, there's a certain area. Um, He's saying all of this with a very straight face. Yeah, and so... I was like, oh, cool. Like, I got the I got the game. I kind of read it and then, you know, it was like trying to adjust the shot and just make it just so because I absolutely wanted to win. And then all of a sudden I realized, because like I told you, there's 15 seconds to get a shot off. I looked up. Time ran out on a shot. Imagine like, imagine someone said like, you've got a free ski ball attempt. And if you make it, you might win some, some money or a, or a big chest. prize. <laughs> and you didn't. You, you like lined it up just perfect and they go, Nope, you can't throw it now. Do you think the most think relatable just, like, think... analogy was ski ball? <laughs> yeah, that was the only one that came to mind. You know how <laughs> every week you're all out there just <laughs> fair point. Skiing balls. Fair point by you. Uh, I don't know why that came to mind. But imagine how frustrated you would be that you couldn't just throw it, right? And so then the only option was to th- like pay ninety nine cents. Now in this game, I've rarely at all missed any opportunity to take a shot in the amount of time that they give you. So I was so, so frustrated. And I was like, my God. And the only other opportunity was like, it didn't refresh after certain, but you could only pay. You could only pay money to get the treasure chest. I've always been a person that says like, no, you don't pay money for the, for for a free game. You don't pay 99 cents. You just don't do it. Mm. So a month later, just about a week ago, uh, game came up again. Treasure chest game. Except instead of. Instead of golden shot, it was ghoulish golden shot because of because of you know Halloween. So I'm like, oh, here it is. I'm not gonna waste my attempt, right? Hole comes up, sitting there adjusting it, t- making my shot just so, adjusting the spin, thinking about the power. I swear, if you ran out of time again after getting us so roped into this story, Chet, all of a sudden I look up. And I'm down at one second. I've got to hit a button to try and like line up, and you got to pull back the shot. I ran out of time you again. Got to be kidding me! I was Rodney. I, I mean, if you don't win the treasure chest for down the hall podcast, who's gonna do it? I I I sincerely lost my. I couldn't believe it. I was like, how how? Like it's a free shot. Take the shot. So like me, you don't not take the shot. Let me ask you. Um, <clears throat> what would you do with an extra 115 hours? I think was the original question. How we got here, I, I don't know. Chad, I'm just going to finish my story and say what I wouldn't do with an extra 115 hours is play more iPhone app video games because... You are addicted, my friend. Because the screen came back up and I realized, like, I can't. I can't do this. 
I'm paying the 99 cents to take my one singular shot to win a treasure chest of fake money and gold. And Chet, I did not run out of time this time. But I also did not land in the target zone. Hey, well, I paid a dollar five. You paid? I paid a dollar five to take a shot because I was I, I couldn't stand the fact that I didn't get a shot off twice. And this time it did not even land in the target zone. I felt like the greatest sucker on the planet. So what I would not do with an extra 115 hours is play more iPhone video games. I am officially a sucker. I, I, I resisted it for many, many years, and I am officially now a sucker. Well, I don't know how you get a podcast, but you should look into it. Yes, of course, it's down the hall. Because I'm psyched. And here we go. All right, Rodney, why don't you tell us, you seem pretty kind of riled up right now. Why don't you tell us what the movie of the week is? I will do that, but not without first giving uh, a special someone on the show some credit. That's right. One of my favorite um, features of our show, one of our favorite features of our website that you, Rodney, had created is the ability that, that listeners have to scroll down to the bottom of our website page and recommend a movie for us. But additionally, mm-hmm. you can also get involved in the conversations that we do each week. So we'll do a movie night. We'll also do a, a topic, mm-hmm. right? Well, in this case, Mark Oliver, who is a avid loyal listener, has a, a comment about seeking a friend for the end of the world. Right, That was a movie we did two weeks ago. And he says, this is the most uplifting end of the world movie I've ever seen. Didn't think that could be even a thing. This was one of those movies I would have just passed on, never realizing how good it could be. Once again, good job, guys. Well, Mark Oliver. I also got to tell you that Dan, my brother Dan, Mm -hmm. he called me and he said that he also watched that movie uh, per our recommendation. And he said that... He liked it a lot, and it made him hate Slant Magazine even more. If you remember, Slant gave the worst review that night, per usual. It did. And Dan said he now feels the hate that, that we share I have for a, Slant. I have a message I need you to relay to Dan for me, if you could. Well, I think he's listening right now. So if you could just, well, if you could just relay it for me. Sure. Uh, it is. The answers uh, to the questions that he asks are red, green, blue, sometimes purple, and most recently, white. I don't know what this is, but I don't like it because this is dangerous. The idea that people think that they can text in questions to us and we're going to take time to answer them, that's a slippery slope. Dan might get grandfathered in, but... I just asked you to relay something to him. Very clearly, he asked you questions off air and he wanted you to answer them on air, which is It's pretty simple. It's pretty simple. If you could just relay that to him. Okay, I I forget what they are. I think they're... Are we talking... What is... What are... It's recorded. I colors. I recorded the answer. Okay. You can speculate all you want. I just wanted to give you an answer. Why don't we jump into the movie of the week? The movie of the week, uh, also, thank you, Dan, is uh, Zootopia. So he was someone asking for some family movie recommendations because uh, he thinks that we have perverse taste. (laughs) That's a fair point. We also don't do many. We've done zero family movie recommendations, although this is one of three that I was hoping we'd get to. Also, Sing and Kubo and the Two Strings. No, you, you... uh, uh, yeah, Can we so, revisit the Kubo conversation another time? Because that movie's fantastic. Uh, yeah. Another time, I you know, I've I've hit certain walls with animated movies, but this one uh is one that I've seen uh that when I watched, I felt like, oh wow, this one was really good. Uh it is a action adventure comedy movie. Uh it's an hour and forty eight minutes, so it is a longer it's a it's a longer um animated, animated movie, movie. But still a short but, movie night movie. But yeah, but and there's a you know it's a good story that gets told. Um, you can find it on Netflix, so one of the most accessible platforms. Um, has Jennifer Goodwin 
also of something borrowed fame. Uh, Jason Bateman, one of my one of my favorites. Uh, Idris Elba, who I mean, does anybody have a better voice than Idris He's Elba? The best voiceover guy now. He's not best, only the best, best voiceover in the game. He's a handsome man. Yeah, he's a very handsome man. Um, Jenny Slate, Tommy Chong, J.K. Simmons, Octavia Spencer, Alan Tudyk, Tudyk, and Shakira. The singular name. Not one, but two. Shakira. Um, The director was Byron Howard, uh, who also did Tangled, Rich Morek at Ralph, uh, Jared Bush, who also helped with Moana. Okay, so this is like a star-studded directorial team yeah we got it's a it's when it a, comes to family movies it's tangled wreck it ralph moana you've got moana. <laughs> i haven't in my defense mo, i haven't anna. seen it yet <laughs> mo dash anna um so it is a movie uh that is fantastically crafted why don't you tell us a little bit more about this uh family classic sounds good man so jennifer goodwin voices the main character and that is a bunny who lives in zootopia and zootopia is this society where um well, I found out 64 different types of animals, 64 species, coexist. <laughs> you and, found out how many? Uh, well, because of something I'm going to talk about later okay. having to do with this movie. But what this movie is essentially about is she plays a, a rookie cop who gets mixed up in this mystery whodunit. Uh, she partners with this kind of sly con man Fox character voiced by Jason Bateman. Love him. Uh, the police chief voiced by Idris Elba. But what this movie really is is a really funny, uh, clever a um, lot of dry, witty humor, um, situational humor, but it's a it's a whodunit, but set in a society that is dealing with racism and prejudice. Believe it or not, so it's mm-hmm. like a, a commentary and allegory on, you know, the idea of racism and prejudice. Uh, and I think that's great that for kids where they can kind of enter into that conversation in a more consumable way. Mm-hmm. And I think that the movie did it in a great way. It wasn't super on the nose. It was done in a way where you knew what they were saying, but it was done in a way that that was thoughtful and also done, I think with integrity. Yeah. A lot of fun that, you know, the main focus of the movie is the fun nature aspect to it. Fast paced story. Um, Again, hilarious. I love movies that you can watch with, with kids and they're laughing and you're also laughing because there's definitely humor built in that is a little bit more mature. A lot of fun. Um, Great scene. You can see in the trailer at one point, the two main characters have to go to the, the uh, DMV, and which we all know is the slowest place on earth. And the DMV workers are all sloths, literally sloths. Yes, in real life too, actually. My DMV too. In fact. So uh, I think that what I love about this movie, again, it's uh, definitely worth movie night. It's, again, accessible on Netflix. But what I love about it is that it is a good story along with it being what is typical of children's movies, which are uh, a lot of jokes, um, fun characters, funny characters. Um, but again, in this case, also a really good and interesting story. Yeah, I um, I agree with all of that. And a great a great cast of voices. I might say instead of racism, it's speciesism. You are the intellectual of the two thank of you. us. Um, thank you for giving me that because, you know, I mean, obviously everyone already understood that. But thank you for reiterating it for everyone on the show. Um, but what I would also throw in is I do think... They explore a lot, too. I think beyond just, you know, those two topics, I think, um, you know, like the bunny who is going to be the cop has never been a cop. Like, you know, no bunny has ever been a cop. It's not really, you know, the role that uh, she should be doing. So I feel like, you know, they've explored they explore that. But then they also have this really fun relationship that they have between um, her character and Jason Bateman's Fox character, Mm -hmm. who to me, I think, is one of the more fun Again, I don't know oh, what it yeah. is. I love Jason Bateman, but to me, this character is like, yeah, you know, he has he always has schemes going, but 
you know, she's able to use the way that he approaches things, <laughs> kind of just this deceitful character, um, and is able to use that to really help solve the mystery. But I think their friendship was also one that's really interesting yeah. to me throughout, right? Like as Agreed. it develops and as she kind of warms, you know, warms him to some degree because mm-hmm. he's kind of this very cold or he's lived his life to the point where he knows like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to invest too much in other people. Well, I think his character is central to the prejudice story is where he's been treated such a way his whole life because he's a fox that he then kind of embraces this distrustful kind of role. Yep. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, so yeah, great movie. Um, I mentioned that there were 64 different species. That's actually important because of one of the more fascinating things I learned about this movie when I saw it, when it came out actually in theaters, is that Disney went way, uh, way above their normal standard in terms of animation, where they they studied the 64 different species that are shown in this movie. And they, they studied the way that their fur or hair uh, looked and the way that it moves based on certain, you know, certain movements that the animals are making and stuff and the way that the sun kind of reflects on each of the different styles of hair and, and wool and all these different things. And if they didn't do that, the movie would just would be great. It wouldn't it wouldn't be affected by them yeah. not doing that. But the fact that they did do that, I will tell you, if you go watch this movie, pay attention to some of the detail. It's true. Like you can definitely tell how much detail is put into each type of animal. Like the koala's hair looks different than the rabbit's hair that looks different from mm-hmm. the sheep's wool, not just in appearance, but like focused in detail of how each yeah. individual hair is moving. It's funny that you say that because I feel like it was a movie a while ago, like Bolt or some some like not not that notable movie. Um, that I'd first heard about how much time is just traditionally invested in the mm-hmm. hair. And ever since I've never watched an animated movie the same, I guarantee you everyone listening to this now, if you understand that they program like tens and tens of thousands of hairs individually so that it all flows and does something different. I guarantee you that you cannot watch an animated movie the same without looking at the hair. It's ridiculous. Like how, how much effort they put into that. So what did you give this movie? I gave this movie an eight. So to me, I think it's shy of, um, I know I was saying this to you earlier. I feel like Toy Story, you know, is in, I think is 10, but like there are some animated movies that definitely crack nines and tens. I think, I feel like eight is probably the highest bar for the vast majority of animated movies for me. Like in terms of if it's not something that is, you know, I don't know, uh, making me cry maybe <laughs> like up i feel like i i know this is probably not fair but i feel like anything that doesn't have more of a human basis is probably that's an animated movie is probably going to cap out at, at an eight but i want to say that this movie i sincerely sincerely enjoyed yeah this was easily an eight for me too a lot of the same reasons this is a one of the better animated movies i've seen in, in recent years not the best i've seen that's still kubo kubo and two strings that was one of my favorites from the last couple of years but this one is right up there. Zootopia is a fantastic movie, certainly worth movie night. So, um, you know what? I think this has to be the first time. What? That you and I have exactly the same score as the entire population. Oh, wow. So you're on IMDb. Me the uh, IMDb score is... The IMDb score is exactly an 8.0. Jeepers. That's, so, uh... pretty good. Pretty good. But that's us, the uh, Neanderthals of the world. What about the highfalutin professionals? Hate, 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 double hate, loathe entirely.
I like you a lot. That was a good one. That was a good. That was. I'm a, gonna challenge myself to try was, and do something different every time. I'll take that one for sure. Um, so, Roddy, why don't you tell us first with the Rotten Tomato score, which reflects the percentage of the critics score um, in terms of who gave it or how many of them gave it a good review. Uh, and then I will read you the best and worst review. I appreciate that you took away the definition of Rotten Tomatoes for me this time. Uh, it is a because I see you die a little bit each time you have to explain. It is a ninety-eight percent. Ninety-eight. I don't die. I don't mind saying it. I I just imagine everyone else dies every time. I feel like there's like eighteen accidents a day. So the uh, day. <laughs> the the worst review. Uh, comes from the Tampa Bay Times. So they fell into the 2% of critics that did not like this movie, right? It says this, good intentions don't always make for good movies. Case in point, Zootopia, a Disney film with more on its mind than animated fun and fuzzies. So much, in fact, that it loses track of what audiences expect and what they're being sold. I think what it's talking about is the fact that this movie had a higher conversation attached to it, like mm-hmm. the conversation oh, about it's prejudice. Oh, it's definitely, yeah, yeah. So it's saying... That this movie has more on its mind than fun and fuzzies, so much so that it loses track of what audiences expect. This reminds me of on Wedding Crashers when Vince Vaughn is making the balloon animals and the kid is like, whatever, clown, make me a balloon. Like, I feel like Tampa Bay Times is like, how dare you bring thought into this? Yeah. Make me laugh. But I also think that- Be fun and fuzzy, (laughs) Disney. But I also think that it's because it's an adult conversation that then like- Why? Why are you yelling at me? That that they're going to take that approach. You know what I mean? If it were like on the topic of bullying, they'd be like, oh, that's an appropriate level of conversation. But like, oh, don't don't let them be bothered with the idea of prejudice and racism yet. And I love it's that. Like, they, they... Uh, well, uh, there's a lot of people that have to deal with that at regardless of what age they are. So whether they have a choice or not. Yeah. Yeah. And the other part too, is I love how they justify the thought like so much. In fact, that it loses track of what audiences expect and what they're being sold. Well, the audiences gave it an 8.0 on IMDb and the critics have a 98%. So I think we're all doing just fine with it. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry, Tampa. Chicago sun times had the best review. It says Zootopia is brimming with silly slapstick humor and terrific one liners. And yes, some simple yet valuable lessons about tolerance and prejudice and learning to embrace our differences. There's nothing wrong with a lesson or two when those lessons are packaged within such a great and memorable film. Yeah, exactly. Spot on. Go. Can we send that review to Tampa Bay Times? Do you think the Tampa Bay Times still exists? Uh, I think that newspapers are going by the wayside. I don't think Tampa Bay needs one. Do you really love the lamp or are you just saying it because you saw it? I love lamp. I love lamp. So in ways of uh, family movies, this one was one that we truly loved. Well, the topic for tonight is what is your favorite family movie, specifically of the last five years? Because there's a whole history of them. So I wanted to narrow it down. Last five years, what's your favorite family movie? So Rodney, while we we wait to give our answers, I'm going to start right away with Allie in Kansas City who said Boss Baby, which just came out, I think, this year. I mean, did that? I, I guess I never, when I know this, Alec Baldwin. But have you seen it? Not yet. Mm. Were you interested to see it? Yeah, definitely. Oh. Yeah. Alexander in Phoenix says Moana. I've heard that one. Well, I called it Moana at the beginning of this. You have not heard of it, apparently. <laughs> Zenger says Trolls, which we've heard talked about on this show before. Olivia in Maine says Inside Out. Mike in Rhode Island, he says, I asked a five-year-old for her opinion, and she said, sing. Okay. I don't think that's his opinion. I watched Sing for the first time a couple weeks ago, and I'll say that was really good. It was good. Yeah. 
Troy in Missouri says Wreck-It Ralph. And Katie in New Hampshire says The Lego Movie. Oh. Was The Lego Movie in the last five years? Yeah. Okay. Probably, right? Um, well, it's close enough. Close it's, enough? If not, it's definitely close enough. Yeah, 2014. So okay. it's still within the... Yeah. And I, if I'm being honest, I had no real desire to see it. Uh-huh. Um, and went and saw it with my, my two friends, Teddy and Tyler. Adult and friends. Adult friends, yeah. And like, you know, we've, we've been friends forever. And honestly, we did not stop laughing the entire time in yeah. theaters. It was, I think just so unexpectedly good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, in my opinion, I mean, I guess probably kids really liked it too, but it did feel almost more geared towards adults where I think so, you know, like Zootopia does feel like a kid's movie yeah. that also has adults in mind. It felt like the Lego movie was really for adults and kids, you know, like it wasn't, it wasn't going to be anything that kids couldn't watch. Um, but anyway, I think I'm going to go with that one, actually. Zootopia would be close. I was just thinking of, like, the Toy Story is with it, not in the last five years. Um, no. I think Lego. I agree with that one. Yeah, mine I've already said, like, three times on this particular episode, Kubo and the Two Strings. That is one that is on Netflix right now. Uh, when it came out in 2016, it was getting Oscar attention uh, in terms of, like, animated movies. It's really good. A really good story. I got you to watch the first... I said, you watch the first five minutes. If you don't want to watch anymore, we don't have to. And you kept watching it until you actually had to You had to actually physically leave. Right. Uh, yeah, we were going somewhere, weren't we? I believe so. Um, and it was great. It, it Like, very interesting. Um, very interesting animation style. I don't know that it would have ended up being one of my favorites in the last... I mean, I mean... I, that doesn't... But, you haven't even seen the whole second half. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, like, I think... It's uh, but it definitely was one that I feel like was was certainly going to be plus seven. Yeah. So thank you all for chiming in on this conversation. Make sure to do that each week. You can also go back to our website and fill in what your favorite family movie is. There's an old saying in Tennessee. I know it's in Texas, probably in Tennessee. That says, "Fool me once, shame on, shame on you. If fool me, we can't get fooled again." So now, each week also, Rodney, we, we like to give a movie to avoid. And our criteria for this basically falls into not just bad movies, but movies that are being promoted, promoted on Netflix. On highly visible, or they have, Hulu you know, whatever. And they're really accessible movie with really, like, prominent actors or actresses. I feel like that that's another one. you would easily come across and, and wonder, hey, is this worth my time, right? And we watch a lot of movies, and so some we find, actually most we find, aren't really worth people's time. One that caught my attention the other night as we're scrolling through Netflix and one of the categories is popular on Netflix or maybe it was like trending now or something. Mm-hmm. Horseman with Dennis Quaid came out, I don't know, like late, like maybe like 2009, 2010, something mm-hmm. like that. It's this like suspenseful kind of like gory almost movie that is, he's like trying to solve this mystery that's based, tied into the four horsemen of the apocalypse as the theme. I got to say one of the like bottom 10 movies that I've ever watched. Like I, I can easily compile a list of my bottom five, but that would, that would be in my bottom 10. No question about it. It was so bad that I actually regretted watching it. Wow. Like regretted the time spent watching it. The idea that it's popular on Netflix right now. What are we doing people? You think it, what is are we it, doing? is it a horror movie? Well, I think it was Dennis Quaid's horror because I think it literally probably ruined and ended his entire career. Yeah, but it's like the plot. Like, is it, is, are people watching it ironically? No, no, no. It's a, it's a serious, like, supposedly serious supposedly suspenseful movie and it was terrible Terrible. are you in agreement with everybody in that it's terrible or like 
Were you? I didn't look up the score. I'm just telling. Okay. You, I mean, there's been movies that we've said to avoid on this that are yeah. highly rated. Yeah, I can't imagine this has a very high score. I'll look it up as we talk. I, but this I, one was just the worst. I thought that you might say Blood Diner, which for those who have been listening <laughs> to this uh, podcast faithfully, was one that I said to Chet. Wow, that actually sounds interesting. Blood Diner. Um, and then I looked it up on YouTube for the trailer, and I realized it came out in 1984. And it genuinely looks like one of the weirdest movies that's ever been made. I'm going to say confidently I'd rather watch that twice in a row than have to watch Horseman once. Well, would you rather watch... So there was not only a trailer that uh, that we stumbled across, but also a video someone on YouTube made for Blood Diner that just kept track of all of the kills by yeah. different characters. Which is an entertaining watch in and of itself. I mean, we Go somehow got eight Blood minutes. Blood Diner kill count. And yeah, we somehow got like four or six minutes into it. And you know what was weird though? A lot of nudity in that YouTube video. Tons. Tons. Which I didn't realize was like either a lot. Like, I don't know if it's because it's 80s nudity and like people don't consider that nudity anymore. Do you know what you do? You get what that phrasing means? Hardly, but yes, actually. You know, there's something about like 80s nudity that just feels like, oh, well, that was like a different kind of nudity. So, Horseman has a 5.6 on IMDb. Okay, so I have no idea then why it's... Jeez, what are we doing, people? I don't know. Popular on Netflix. So, are we we both saying to avoid Blood Diner or go watch that YouTube video? I don't really know which one. Uh, This segment got went places. Uh, I think we said avoid 80s nudity, avoid Horseman, go watch Blood Diner Kill Count. All right, well, what... All right, let's just get past this then. What are we doing? What else are we doing? So a few weeks back, Rodney and I did a a quiz on the podcast where we talked about how long, or we thought we were doing a personality quiz about how long we'd survive in the zombie apocalypse. As it turns out, it ended up just giving us right or wrong answer <laughs> scores. <laughs> so it was a little bit of a waste. It was kind of hilarious to do, though. So tonight, in light of Zootopia being about animals and the voice actors playing those animals, and we thought species. we would take personality quizzes about what animal we'd be. This is done by BuzzFeed, so hopefully it's got some sense of humor to it as well. Uh, Rodney, why don't you lead us off with that first question? Rodney's got it up on his phone. I have it on mine, and we're going to find out which uh, which animal we would be. All right, Chet. So um, are we going to say each of our answers this time? Yeah, we're going to say our answers. So okay. give us the question, give us the options, and we'll both say what we answered. All right, so the very first one is, what about you is most animal-like? Your appetite, your loyalty, your sex drive, your temper... Your playfulness, your innocence. Oh, man, I'm going to go ahead and say it's my appetite. Dang it. All right. We can't be boring, but obviously it's my appetite. I think that's more accurate for me, but okay. Next question. Choose a truly terrifying deep sea creature. The goblin shark. Man, this isn't the same without people being able to see these pictures. Oh. The, the goblin shark, the blobfish, Ooh. the viperfish, the anglerfish, the stargazer, and the gulper eel i'll let you pick first okay mine is absolutely certainly (laughs) the blobfish go google people go google the blobfish blobfish looks like 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 a dilbert character or something with a like a really big nose and holes for eyes it's disgusting i'm gonna say the viper fish because if i was anything anywhere near that thing i'd be i'd be freaking the crap out that's fair uh the next one is what is your preferred habitat Land, air, sea. Come on. 
Um, I'm gonna go land. Yeah, obviously. Choose a Disney house cat: the Cheshire Cat from Alice in Wonderland, Lucifer from Cinderella, Rufus from. Well, I wish I hadn't committed to saying what they're from. I don't know who Rufus is from. Dinah, I don't know where Dinah's from. <laughs> Duchess from the Aristocats or Figaro from Pinocchio. All right, so the question is, choose a Disney house cat. Uh, not the freaking Cheshire cat. That thing can't be trusted. You're a troublemaker. I don't want Lucifer. Just because you don't want to be Lucifer? No, I'm going to take Figaro. Um, yeah, I got to say, Duchess and Figaro are the only cats that I actually know on here. Um, I'm going to go Duchess. Just to not be you. So, next question. <laughs> Forgot what I was saying there. Uh, what's your biggest pet pet peeve? Your pet pet peeve. Oh, this is easy. Oh, so okay. What is your biggest you about pets? Yeah. Okay. What is your biggest pet peeve regarding pets, basically? Okay. But more funny way of saying it. What is your biggest pet pet peeve? Mm. Um, shedding, picky eating, scratching pooping indoors <laughs> spontaneous noises refusing to bathe uh for me that's easy but i'm gonna let you go first well since i don't i don't currently have a pet but i would imagine that it would come down to either shedding or pooping indoors basically anything that i would need to continuously clean up hmm i think i think pooping indoors <laughs> would be the worst chet without question shedding is the worst <laughs> possible I knew thing you were gonna say that it gets over everything and like permanently. First of all, you cannot remove pet hair. Shedding wrecks clothes, your sofa, your blankets, your pillows, and then guess what? It's permanent. You could get rid of that animal. You sleep on the sofa again. You got you got dog hair all over your your clothes. You clean up the sofa. Your dog hair and your clothes gets back on the. So- it's it's ridiculous. Okay. Well, you made a great case. Thank for you. It. Next one. Which animal adjective describes your love life? Oh, hey, yo. Wild, playful, domestic, nocturnal, shy, <laughs> or extinct. <laughs> oh, this feels unfair. I know confidently what yours is. <laughs> this feels unfair, Chet. Go ahead. Um, I'm going to go with nocturnal. Ooh. You wanted me to Ooh. go with extinct, <laughs> but I'm going to go with nocturnal. Okay, nocturnal. So because it's like at least nocturnal lights like, off. You could almost put no, not a, well. I'm gonna go domestic. Like nocturnal almost seems seasonal. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's not what that word means. No, but it, it feels you. better than extinct. Extinct feels permanent. Seasonal. You're in a dry season. <laughs> uh, do you? Next question. Do you prefer the it's company? The last question. The last question. Do you prefer the company of animals or? people i think a popular answer is to probably say animals but i gotta be honest i love people i love just being around people and i i can't always say that around pets because i actually distinctly hate cats really i mean i get animals but uh, i'm with you i mean i'm gonna side more so with people what animal did you get what's yours mine's sloth (laughs) no (laughs) it says you're super chill and easygoing you like to take life one day at a time you never sweat the small stuff you're also relaxed and know how to keep a level head in any situation. I don't think that's how people typically describe sloths. <laughs> I like how they tried to make sloth description, which was actually like the most annoying possible character in Zootopia, <laughs> as super chill. Somehow a cool. compliment. Uh, I got wolf. Wolf. Uh, you are driven and focused. You can tackle almost any problem that comes your way and welcome a good challenge. You always have your eyes on the prize and will achieve 
much just through patience and person as much just through patience. Can't speak. You will always have <laughs> your eyes your, on, set the your prize, eye on the prize, Rodney, and, finish and will achieve much just through patience and perseverance. Hmm. Wow. Feels like I got the short end of the stick here. You are sloth. I am wolf. For the record, listeners, you got nerd over there, cool guy, Rodney. <laughs> Nerdy Chet, cool guy, Rodney. Seasonal Nerdy Chet. love life, Rodney. <laughs> Speaking of seasonal love life. So at this point in the episode, we, uh, we're we going to be getting into our favorite scenes from Zootopia. We don't want to spoil anything for you guys, so this is your heads up. But we also want to give a shout out to some of our friends. Checked Out in Jersey is a podcast that brings us on every week to give them a movie night pick. It's always the one that we did our episode on. They'll tell us how we did the week before. They'll usually watch the movie in between episodes and and let us know how we did. So it's like a, a live action barometer for us mm-hmm. to tell us how we're doing. And Rodney, uh, they're a lot of fun. Um, but this past week, I was on their show um, giving them a movie uh, quiz. quiz. Yeah. And I toned it down or so I thought. I gotta tell you, they uh, they struggled. To be fair, uh, for especially Matt and Pete, I think the questions that you asked were not easy questions. Well, I I came back and I asked you and our friend Josh the same questions, and you guys got most of them right. We got like at least fifty percent of them I, I right. I had a tally. You guys got almost two thirds of them right. And the, the ones that you didn't get right, I expected no one to get right. Cause they were like the more obscure ones. I was yeah. saying towards the end Yeah, that Matt and Pete didn't even hear. They heard the easier ones. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but they weren't like your easiest one. Wasn't super easy. I don't remember what and they both were Josh and I watch a lot of movies. You got all of them right. I didn't want them to be super easy. That defeats the purpose. Yeah, I know, but I feel like we're you not here really to, like, need to like each other up about how like knowledgeable we are. It's, it's a trivia quiz. Yeah, but it's a trivia quiz. Is that how anyone says anything? I feel weird saying it like that. It's That's, not a trivia quiz. I seem right. feel like it's trivia, trivia or nights. I have a quiz Yeah, it's definitely for a you. trivia quiz. I don't think there's a such thing as a trivia quiz. Certainly not. I don't know what the distinction is between the two, but you certainly don't jam them together. I told you not to give details. Yeah, well, you're the one who gave me the details. All right, Chad. So uh, let's, talk, let's talk spoilers. Okay, let's do that. Uh, did you have any anticipation of where the story was going or... At what point did you have an anticipation of where the story was going? Uh, what do you mean? In, in the sense of the whodunit being solved? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And maybe even like what the story that was being told or who who was orchestrating it all. Um, yeah, but that wasn't even close to really my my biggest takeaway, I guess. But I, you're asking like... I'm just, just saying generally. End, kind of the yeah, yeah. Were it. you... Because, you know, like it felt like it, it twisted twice, kind of. Mm-hmm. It twisted in Scooby-Doo sense. Scooby-Doo twists were always like, it's not the, the first villain that you think it is. Yeah. It's always like the hotel owner who set yeah. them on the chase. What I would also call the SVU twist. That's right. SVU, if you see the guy who looks like the main culprit in the first five minutes of SVU, there's no, no chance. chance that's who it is. But was just curious if, if you anticipated who was the who was the uh, the ultimate bad guy. I It, it ended up, I forget, it ended up being the the uh like the mayor or the the commissioner that it was no it was the commissioner's like helper the commissioner's who was, helper okay, right, right so right, right, right. um because basically she wanted it to be that non-predatory animals take over the take over, take over okay, basically right. yeah. um and and basically was saying like um to the bunny like oh well, you should be with me like you know what i mean like you you and me we can be partners together mm-hmm. in this whole in this, thing yeah um um i think my favorite my favorite aspect to the movie was uh, just the fox. He was so funny, like Jason yeah. Bateman throughout the whole. Yeah. 
throughout the whole movie had so many clever one-liners and i just loved all of fox's schemes yes. where he like yeah. goes and gets the elephant yeah. ice cream like he's almost melts like, it down he reminded me of like um i don't know like like the like captain jack sparrow character yeah mm-hmm. yeah like uh yeah notice i said captain jack sparrow a uh, jack sparrow-esque i believe it's captain jack a sparrow. captain johnny depp-esque character mm, this is all over the map well, you can find us on Twitter at Down the Hall Guys. You can uh, go to our we- go to our website, downthehallpodcast.com, or you can email us if you so choose, downthehallpodcast at gmail.com. Email. Nope. Uh, and on our website, go ahead and scroll down to the bottom and recommend a movie for us, just like Dan did for Zootopia, which is great. Zootopia. So we lost Rodney, so he's just repeating things now. I'm Chet. That's Rodney. We're I'm Rodney. We're Down the Hall Guys.